What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Dissect That Film, where we dissect your favorite films, film franchises, and TV. Today, on episode 82 of the podcast, we are talking about our first Star Wars movie, like ever, on the show. We're talking about the 2016 Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I am your host, Brett Parker. Joining me, as always, just just one of them today, the wonderful Angela of the NA Gaming. Oh. And joining us for the very first time on the podcast, on the podcast. I got a promotion. <laughs> is our resident space expert. I'm going to put expert quotation. <laughs> our good friend, Andrew Shoning. Hi, everyone. Oh, it's so good to have you on the podcast. You, uh, you've been on the show. You've been on the channel a few times, you know, talking about TV shows. We talked about the Halo series. We did Obi-Wan Kenobi. Am I missing something? Oh, are we just no. did, and we just did Andor, which you guys yeah, we did Andor. Yeah, have already seen and liked it, and don't hate us for our opinion on it. Um, but that is why we are here today talking about Rogue One because Andor had just finished. That show ties into this movie, and I figured what way to start off, you know, talking about the Star Wars franchise on this channel than only one of the best, in my opinion. So. Um, but yeah, Shoney, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. But you know, it the, the, it just there's a hole missing. It just it feels so. It just feels it feels weird not having not having Dan on the show. But uh, he's here in spirit. I know Angela. Angela's feeling it the worst. And um, we miss you, Dan. And uh, we're excited to have you back uh, for next week. Angela's excited to just hey, get you back. <laughs> yes, Friday. Yes, Friday, Dan. Hurry up. Let's go. Um, but yeah, we're talking about Rogue One. And uh, this was, you know, I had been holding off talking about Star Wars movies because there's just so many. And I figured there's just so much you'd have to, so much time we would have to allot in a single year to talk about Star Wars. Uh, so just kind of picking a random Star Wars movie to talk about was, was, was good. And especially one that I feel a lot of people like. You know, we'll get your guys' opinions on it as we uh, get in here. But um, yeah, let's just go around, I guess, and talk about what we thought of this movie. Like our, you know, I, I, Angela, is this your, have you seen this movie before? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're all, so this is like, a, this is maybe a first time in a while on this show that we've, that everyone on the show has actually seen the movie. Uh, we, we've yes. been going through a, a huge line of movies where most of us haven't seen it and it's a lot of the movies that we've had guests on for and uh we definitely we wanted to invite shoning on because it's a star wars movie and we've had him on the show for other star wars properties and it's just it's fitting to have him on for this so we're gonna start with our guest shoning what uh when what's your history with this movie and do you like it oh i, I i'm gonna just start off by saying this movie is absolutely fantastic uh, I, I I will agree with a lot of the the comments that I've seen, uh, you know, from people talking about, you know, on Twitter this week as we uh, kind of, you know, put it out there that this was going to be our topic this uh, today. Uh, I agree. It's like one of the best Star Wars movies out there. Um, it, it's a wonderful story, and you. The sad part is, is you know, like most most of the prequels and everything, you know how it's got to end, you know what's got to happen, and. Um, they did such a good job of making you uh 
this being like the first movie that they did where you didn't see it, it didn't revolve around a Skywalker. I shouldn't say I shouldn't say that there you didn't see a Skywalker, uh, but uh, with it with it not being centralized on a Skywalker character and a character a lot of characters that you had never even heard of before uh, this this point uh, to be introduced to them and then feel uh, so attached to them and their story by the end of it in such a you know short uh, time frame I can't remember what the runtime of this movie was but uh, it's a little over two hours they they did they did just such a good job in that time in that time period and uh, uh, Parker and I did a lot of talking you know uh, you you really get invested in uh, Cassie and Andor in this one and uh, Jin or so in in this one and it's just uh i just i I don't know if there's many other star wars properties that if like you just handed me a random character and it was just like hey here you go and over the course of two hours i could have been like hey i like these these characters i i just think they did such a good job and like i said they filled such a nice little hole leading up to well the the it leads you legitimately right up to the point where the Star Wars saga originally kicked off. So it, it was just a very nice thing and it's wrapped in a nice bow and I, I love it. So Angela. I love this. I loved it the first time I saw it. I loved it this time. I actually didn't take notes this time because I really wanted to enjoy it again. <laughs> um but I I remember I remember everything. I felt like this is what a Star Wars movie should be. Like, it felt like the first time I ever watched Star Wars. So it was that, I don't know, words. Like, like I loved it. Like, the nostalgia like, feeling. Like, yes, like the nostalgic. Yeah, like the, yeah, I understand. Like, the first time you've ever seen something of such grandeur. Yes, it was great. I loved Um what k2so is that is that's yes. that the yes uh, loved one of the best i love loved that uh everything about him from beginning to end uh but yeah can't wait to watch it again like it'll definitely be one i watch again so absolutely i this is i mean i'm gonna say it right now this is one of my top probably three star wars movies of all time it's just so much fun. The characters are are easy to get invested with. And you know what? As much as people hate the uh, shoehorned, or at least some people would say shoehorned kind of fan service crap that they put in it, I loved it because it's a character that I've wanted to see more of in my life, and this is where I got to see that character be a complete and utter evil badass. And yes, did it need to be in the movie? No. Did he need to be in the movie at all? No. But he was there, and I enjoyed the hell out of it, and I understand people don't like that kind of, you know, ooh, it's just for nostalgia. I get it. I understand. But but me, that when I saw this character on the screen, I you know, this movie came out in 2016, so I was like, what, 20? I was 25 at the time. Like, I, I went back to being like a little kid again. Just being like, oh. and seeing him do things we never saw in the original saga, we, ne- we you know we only saw him you know before the transformation in the in the prequel saga so like seeing uh god it just felt great but i understand people's discourse with that uh k2 
Cassian Andor is definitely the lead of this movie, even though Jin Erso is technically the lead. She is still an interesting character, but I think Cassian takes it over from her. Like, he's just so much more compelling. You know, she is there because her father is majorly involved in the whole background of this of this thing. Um, you know, I feel some other characters could have been fleshed out a little bit better, but I think they were just kind of thrown in to kind of, you know, make sure that the, the story goes where it needs to go. But I still enjoyed every character, like this whole gang, you know, being together and doing what they were supposed to do. And if they all fit and they all worked well together, I didn't feel like there was an odd man out. You even have some cameos from, you know, characters that we hadn't seen in the saga since the originals. You know, we had Mon Mothra or Mon Ma. I keep fucking up her name. It's Mon Mothma. She came back, which is fun. And you get to see kind of more of her and what and her kind of behind the scenes of what's going on with her being a rebel leader, being whatever the heck she is. She's technically still called a senator. But uh, yeah, just to kind of see the inner workings, you get to see Yavin 4 again, which is something that we kind of have seen in, in prior Star Wars movies. So there's a lot of nostalgia bait in this movie, which for me, I don't give a shit. I love that. Just give it to me. Feed it to me. <laughs> give me all that fucking nostalgia. All of it. I don't care. There was a cameo in this movie where I was like, why did we need that? It was stupid. It was like, it was only a few seconds, but I was like, they did not need to be in this movie. And we'll get to that cameo. When we yes, get to they that did. The movie. No, they I know what you're talking about. Uh, I, will, I will die on this hill. For one, one of them is one of the worst Star Wars characters of all time. So he's annoying as shit. The other one beeps a lot. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> but um I, I think and then another thing that i'm kind of torn on is the whole bringing characters back where the actor is dead and they have to kind of recreate that character and you're kind of it kind of throws you off because it's you know it's only been six years since this movie came out but you kind of see you're like ooh, that looks a little rough and also like i guess we needed that character back cool the 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 worst one was the end one and cuz it looked terrible to me it looked it kind of looked terrible but i get why they did it because it does connect directly into episode 4 and it's like all right i i guess so but i i i would get people going oh god wow, stupid so stupid i think the movie could have ended with you know our main characters you know at the end and then it just could have ended but we got what we got, and you know what? I'm a happy man, you know, because of it. So, I love this movie. Not as just a Star Wars movie, but as a movie as a whole, because it felt different from what we've gotten in the Star Wars universe. You know, it literally took a little clip from the scroll of Episode Four, and it made it into a two and a half hour movie, and it worked. Mm-hmm. So, bravo to Gareth Edwards on that, and uh, and all the the writing team and all that. So this movie was directed, of course, by Gareth Edwards. And we have talked about this director before on our very first episode ever. We weren't even dissect that film. This was this was on our very, very, very first episode. Oh gosh, you're making my brain think. Godzilla 2014. I'm like, I knew we did one, but. So, yeah, yeah. The, uh, 
we talked about that this was the movie he did right before doing Rogue One. Uh, this was the screenplay was done by Chris Weitz and Tony Gilroy, and Tony Gilroy would come back to write for Andor. He was very much involved. He was actually the um, the showrunner for that. Uh, the story was done by John Knoll and Gary Witta. Now, Gary, I know Gary Witta because he's very much heavily in, involved with Kind of Funny, which is one of the podcasts that literally influenced this podcast uh, to start. So, And he also did um, Book of Eli. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. That's the one with Denzel Washington. He's like a blind guy in an apocalyptic world. Ted Mila Kunis. Yeah. And it's actually pretty good. John Knoll, he's done stuff like he did. Let's see. He's done a lot of uh, visual. He's a visual effects product, uh, producer on a lot of movies. Ready Player One. Uh, Pacific Rim. Mission Impossible. Ghost Protocol. Super 8. Rango. A couple of the Harry Potter movies. All of the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Even on the prequel movies. So he's been heavily involved in the Star Wars universe for a very long time. And of course, it was produced by Kathleen Kennedy, the uh the the guru over there in Star Wars land for Disney. Some people love her, some people hate her. But she's there. She's been behind some of the probably some of the greatest movies ever made. So <laughs> listen, you watch any 80s or 90s Steven Spielberg's movie, Steven Spielberg movie. Her name is attached to it, so. All right. <laughs> uh, this stars Felic uh, Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, who I absolutely love because he is such a good bad guy. Uh, Donnie Yen, kicking some ass in this movie. Mads Mikkelsen. Love him. That one of the characters in this movie that was just vastly underused. Oh, yeah. Alan Tudyk as the voice of K2SO. She's just awesome. Uh, Jiang Wen and Forrest Whitaker, who plays a character where I don't really know if I like him, <laughs> at least in this movie. Uh, music was done by Michael Giacchino, uh, which I figured out that's how you pronounce his last name because I watched, there's a documentary about him on Disney Plus right now because he directed his first movie and it's a whole thing. And I really, I recommend it can't remember the name of it but it's on disney plus it's about werewolves werewolf by night because he directed that movie and it was his first time directing and so it's like his brother documents like the whole journey and like his life and all that it's really good he's a fantastic uh composer this came out december 16th 2016 at two hours and 14 minutes budget was between 200 to $265 million, and this movie made $1.1 billion. Billion. And the billion with the I mean. Yeah. It deserved it. Oh, yeah. fully. Oh, absolutely. This was also the first Star Wars movie that took, like, that wasn't part of the Star, uh, the Skywalker saga. You know, it wasn't an episode. This was a side story. This was the first of the they called it the Star Wars anthology, which then would it would be this, and then it would go to uh, Solo, which not as not nearly as good as this one, but uh, but yeah, I'm not gonna. There's a, I mean, people have covered this movie to death. I don't really want to go into crazy behind the scenes on this movie. I mean, other than the fact that it's the 20th highest grossing film of all time, and it was the second highest grossing film of 2016, 
It got two Academy Award nominations for Best Sound Mixing and Best Visual Effects, which I feel it deserved because these, this movie looks beautiful. Some of the probably some of the best cinematography of all of any of the Star Wars movies shows anything. It's, this movie is beautiful. It's also one of the most expensive movies ever made, but it made a billion dollars, so I think yeah. it's okay. It did all right. Yeah, yeah. it did. Uh, we got a. Did you guys like the the new like Star Wars theme that they introduced in this, where it kind of sounds like it's about to go into like the original score, and then it kind of like does a little twist. Oh, did you guys see, like- I have a I have a problem with songs that I'm like, I know what this should sound like, and then I'm like, dang it, that is not how this is supposed to sound. Yeah, it's like because I love that original theme, and then it's like, nope. I mean. The Star Wars theme is one of them songs that you, you could have never watched a Star Wars movie in your life, but when you hear it, you're like, hey, that's from that star movie thing. You know you, you know where it comes from. Yeah. And so I, I feel like when you mess with that, I'm just like, oh, why'd you do it? Yeah. It was still good. It oh, was it was, just, yeah. Just don't mess with my brain. Like, that's... I know what it's supposed to sound like. Yeah. But yeah, that was... I. I... I love what they do. Like they, I feel like every Star Wars property does that in a way where you kind of you kind of feel it. You're like, oh, it's coming, and then they do a little ah, we're gonna twist it to something else. You're like, oh, okay. I guess you're trying something different. You don't want to keep using the same thing over and over again, unless you're cruel Jaws and you use the Star Wars theme. You're like, whoa, you're gonna get sued. <laughs> cruel Jaws. Damn cruel Jaws. <laughs> God, that movie's terrible. <laughs> It's, it's terrible. Never watch it. It was cool. You know, of course, it's 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 cool to get returning characters. You know, for me, my one of my favorite characters is Darth Vader. And to get him back in this movie was fun. I'm going to say fun. I don't think it was really a like it didn't need to happen. Like, as I said earlier, but it was fun for me because I got to <laughs> see him do cool things. And I'm all about that. Uh, we got some returning characters in CG form, of course, we talked about we talked about earlier, like Tarkin comes back. And of course, uh, his actor uh, passed away not very long after the original trilogy ended. So he's been gone for, I think, 20 years before this movie came out. And um, so, yeah, it was it was weird to see these characters come back in like such a weird way. And then you had Leia at the end. You're like, oh, no. That one looked terrible. What happened there? Like, at that point, wasn't Carrie Fisher was still alive? Yeah, but they used their they used her daughter, didn't they? Yeah, but she doesn't even look like her though. That's the problem. Her daughter really doesn't look like her. Well, you just yeah, de- just de age. I mean, they de age people all the time. I'm not saying like have Carrie Fisher play Leia at that point, but like there could have been a way to make it look not like a Play Doh figure. Like it just <laughs> it didn't look very smooth. And uh, yeah, that's I kind of like one of my small grapes on it. I feel like it was kind of one of those things where it's like they fa- they felt like they had to have it in there since it tied so directly into, you know, episode four. Yeah. And but it was like such a short, you know, like because all she says is she turns around and she says hope. That's all. That's all that she yeah. says. And I feel like it was just one of those things where they were like. Hey, we got to have her in here, but then it's like they got to the end of production and then they like somebody forgot to put on the final touches on the uh the deep fake. 
<laughs> it's just like it's like they forgot to do just one little step yeah. there before they sent it out. I mean, here's the thing that that was all done like post production too. Like that wasn't even yeah. part of the original shot. They went back and did that whole thing because they were like, yeah, why not add in that extra thing? Because I think it was supposed to end where I was hoping it was going to end. But they're like, yeah, we got this character. We've already seen him. We might as well see him do other things. You're like, oh, okay, cool. I'm okay <laughs> with it. When I saw it in theaters, I almost cried. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, there was a. This movie went through a lot of director, like went through a lot of people before they finally landed on Gareth Edwards. Actually, Ryan Johnson was a candidate to direct this movie, but he would end up going and directing Last Jedi a few years later, which is one of the most controversial Star Wars movies probably ever made. Um, You have some cameos by some pretty big Star Wars, like, figureheads. You have Dave Filoni doing the voice of General Raddus, or Admiral Raddus, which I think is the... the, Isn't that the Admiral Akbar type character who's up in Mm -hmm. the ship? Yeah. So Dave Filoni, if you don't know, he's the creator behind the Clone Wars show, uh, the Mandalorian, um... Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett. And what's the other, uh, what was the other animated one? Well, he had, he also had a part in Tales of the Jedi. And then also, Anything I think the Bad animated Batch. pretty much for Star Wars is Dave Filoni. Yeah. Uh, well, what's the other one though? It was um, Rebels. Bad Batch, Rebels. wasn't it? Well, Rebels, oh, oh, Rebels. Batch. yes. And, and yeah, uh, he's, been inv- he's pretty much a huge figure right now in anything Star Wars. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we got, and of course you got returning, you know, people as, you know, uh, James Earl Jones coming back to voice Vader. You had Carrie Fisher coming yeah. back to do some lines for, for Leia. We had um, Jimmy Smith come back as uh, what the hell's his name? Bill Organa, Leia's mm-hmm. dad. So you got you know you got some some returning people, and I feel like a lot of people's gripes with the movie was like, oh, there's so much fan service and so much introducing like old characters. Like I feel like it needed to be done. Yeah. to make yeah. sense for this movie because it leads into into something major. It leads into that original trilogy. So I feel like some of that is needed, but I understand, you know, people's disagree, you know, disagreeing with the things that they added, but whatever. Made the movie fun, at least for me. All right. Are you guys ready to go through this plot cuz there's a lot to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. A lot. So this movie starts off with one of the most gorgeous shots of an imperial ship flying through like the rings of a planet and it's just it's so beautiful and then of course it goes to a planet what's the name of this planet anybody got a name for this one because i oh. did not catch the name of this planet oh hold on i'll do some looking oh L- lamu just saw lamu it. yeah and uh it's go, which is another beautiful planet just green and mountains just like everything about this movie just slaps you in the face of beauty. It's glorious. So it's an imperial. What is his title? Is he a captain or a director? He's a director. Uh, He's director Krennic. He is a weapons developer for the imperial army, and he is going to find. He needs to find Galen Urso, who was or is a designer or is a scientist who was helping build this mega weapon for the Empire. He kind of did what he said he needed to do, and then he kind of went into hiding, and Krennic finds him to then bring him back. And, you know, of course, when Krennic shows up, the family's kind of fleeing. He 
you know, sends his wife and child away. And when he finally gets with Krennic, he pretty much tells, tells him that, like, you know, it's just me. You know, my wife's dead. I don't know if he says anything about Jin, but I remember him saying, like, yeah. his wife was dead. And you know, yeah. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. And then she just comes out of nowhere with a <laughs> with a blaster. Like, oh. like, couldn't you have just stayed hidden? Nope. Nope. She needed to protect her husband. But then event just ends up getting herself killed. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no. And, of course, the daughter sees it all, you know, hiding behind a rock. And she, you know, flees the scene. But before all that happens, the mother calls Saw Guerrera to tell her what's uh, to tell him what's going on. And then everything happens. Jin goes to like a cave. She finds the coolest hatch ever. Like it is blends so well into these rocks in a cave. And she hides in there for a bit uh, as these really cool suited. Are they are these like the Inferno troopers? The fire troopers. They have an actual name. I I wanted to say they were just they were just flame troopers, but yeah, they got the black. Oh, oh my god, they're really cool. cool. Yeah, they're really they're cool, cool looking. And yeah, she gets she gets rescued by Saw, and then it jumps thirteen years. Where now, uh, she is in prison, and it just shows her in prison, and then it jumps to Cassie, and I was like, wow, I don't feel we needed to see her yet. I feel like we could have just jumped to Cassian and then we could have been like, oh, look, it's Jin. Yep. But no, we had to okay. see Jin in a prison. And then, yeah. And so we meet Cassian Andor. He is wandering through the streets of this planet. Don't know what it is. Sorry, everybody. I, there's too many planets on this in this fucking universe. I am not going to remember them all. And yeah. I didn't even care to look. But he's wandering so through a planet. He's trying to find somebody who's going to give them give him information. Um. And he runs into this guy who's kind of tweaking out. He's kind of, he's nervous. And he tells him about a, a pilot for the Empire that defected. And he has a message uh, to give Saw Gerrera. He, like, he needs to meet with Saw Gerrera on Jeddah. And then you, he just murders this guy. He murders, well, first he kills the stormtroopers, which is fine. Uh, but then he just murders this man. And you're like, well, all right there, Cassie. I feel like that was unnecessary, but all right, got to do what you got to do, I guess. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so the we get to Jeddah, and we get the defected pilot meeting up with Saw Guerrero's kind of like henchman, and they're going to bring him to him. And we then, we then jump to Jin, who is being transported to another prison, and she gets rescued by rebel, like by rebels, and she beats the shit out of them all. And I was like, I'm very confused. <laughs> Why is she fighting all these people? It looks like these people are trying to help her. The guy literally lets, like, lets her out of the handcuffs. Like, I feel like he's not going to do anything to you. And then she gets her ass knocked out by K2SO. She yeah. got clotheslined. Yeah, she like, did. <laughs> this is us rescuing you. Yeah. Everything that that droid says is hilarious it's just fantastic shoney if you have anything to say just don't just interrupt oh I, me at any i'm in time. Hey, i'm liking it uh yeah so they go to Jin is taken to yavin 4 which is the like rebel like mega base like this is where their their home base is uh you get you see it a lot in the star wars universe you see it in the original trilogy i think you are they still on yavin 4 in the sequel trilogy no that's a different one all right they kind of look similar. Oh, so, 
No, they they abandoned they abandoned Yavin four after uh, after they destroyed the second Death Star. Yes, or, or I mean, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's mentioned directly whether they still have a base there. They're on different planets. So I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure. Even though the yeah, they it looks very similar. The ones yeah. that Yavin four and then whatever planet they're on for the sequel. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she gets she's getting interrogated. Because her father is the designer behind this mega weapon for the Empire, which you would later find out is called the Death Star. I'm like, whoever named that, bravo. Did you get an extra cookie at lunchtime? Probably. You, you won the contest. I bet you it was a contest. You know, they're like, all right, everybody, split your slips in the thing. And then they draw, they're like, oh, Timmy, you the, won. You got Death the Star. Problem that's was, that's <laughs> the problem was, was there was only one suggestion in the box. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everybody's yep. afraid they make a bad suggestion, they just get killed, and you're like, oh, it, no. At least it wasn't Spacey McSpaceship. <laughs> <laughs> it can oh, always be worse. Lord. It's it's like a magic eight. It's like a giant space magic eight ball. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm never going to look at that again the same way again. Oh, jeez. Shake it. <laughs> yes. Should I blow up Yavin 4 today? <laughs> oh, man. That's fantastic. Chances look good. <laughs> So, so you find out that the pilot, the defective pilot, was sent to go talk to Saw Gerrera because he has a message from Galen Urso about anything. We don't really know exactly what his message is, but he needs to go see Saw Gerrera about it, and they need to go get him and uh, you know on Jeddah so they can bring him back. Uh, you know the whole fact of them interrogating her, I think, is pretty funny. And like, the thing is, it's like her. I like Jin because she's very I think she's she's tough throughout this entire movie. There's not one even you know, you get those glimpses of times where it's like she is so hell bent on one thing, you know, that she has to kind of be knocked around in order to get herself back on track, but like the the events that she witnesses are very traumatic, so it's like I understand. But yeah. I think she has that core group that really helps her get through it where it's not like, you're an idiot. We got to go. I mean, Cassian is like that a lot up until, yeah. you know, towards the end, but everybody else seems to be really cool and support her and all the, in any way she needs, but they're interrogating her. And I guess she's got a lot of charges on her and they're like, we could just turn you over. We could just give you back to the empire. There's a lot on you. So <laughs> it's like, all right, do it, whatever. So Jin properly meets K2SO. And he's just, he does not like her. Everything he says to her is just sarcastic, but so funny. <laughs> oh. He may be one of the single best droids in all of Star he's Wars. Delicious. Yeah, so, so great. And so they need to, so they're going to go to Jeddah. And before Cassian leaves, he is approached by one of the, the head of the rebel forces. I don't know what this guy's name was, but he's like one of the like guys who like stands next to Mothma. And mm-hmm. he's like, you know, when you find Galen, you kill him. Like, we're not bringing him back. He's it's not worth the trouble for that. You find him, you kill him. We then and then I <laughs> like the whole thing in the ship where Jin gets finds a gun or a blaster and KS at K2SO. It's just like, no, that's <laughs> not a good idea. And at first, Cassian's not on board either. And then he's just like, well, okay. Because she's like, trust goes both ways. And it's like, all right. I guess you're right. And K2 is like, really? 
Really, dude? No, we're we're doing this. All right. Is any like um? Do you know the percentage of her using that on you? Hi. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> He's, he doesn't even give a give an answer. He's like, it's just high. <laughs> so Saw interrogates the pilot. His name is Bodhi. And uh, you get he gets interrogated be, by a method called Boar Gullet, which I'm like, what the fuck? When I first saw this movie, I'm like, what is going to happen? And you find out it's like this squid-like creature that like its tentacles yeah. attached to your face and it can read your thoughts. And I was like, this is weird as fuck. This was the weirdest part of the movie to me. <laughs> I was like, why did this any other way make like you made Saw Gerrera kind of a, like a scary kind of character where like, I feel like he could have interrogated him in like a pretty scary fashion. But instead we saw this really weird CG creature flopping its tentacles all over Bodhi's face. And you're like, Oh, all right. I and guess. it just made that noise. Yeah. I'm like, like, okay. <laughs> I found I found that quote from K2SO when Jen's holding the blaster and he goes, Would you like would you like to know the probability of her using it against you? And he goes, It's high. And then Cassian just turns and goes like, Let's get going. And he just goes, It's very high. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, that is that is perfect. Oh man. So uh Krennic meets with Tarkin about the progress of the Death Star as some of the final touches uh, are being put on. So, like, you get the final, like, the that dish that gets put on the front where that's where the laser comes out of. And it's a, such an awesome shot as it's being assembled. So and five years Tarkin. in the making. Oh, yeah, so good. And then, um, yeah, Tarkin just kind of berates Krennic. And then, they so they test it, and they're going to test it on Jetta because they know... So that's where Saw Gerrera is, and that's where the defective pilot is. So, like, well, why don't we just uh, test the weapon? Because if it doesn't work, then you're kind of fucked. Because I'm going to tell the Emperor, and he's probably just going to have you killed. Um, but yeah, they get to uh, Jin, Cassian, and K2SO get to Jetta. Jin has flashbacks about her time spent, you know, with her father while he was working for the Empire, you know, helping build this weapon. We get. You also see that there's a Star Destroyer hovering over Jetta because I guess Saw has just been causing so many issues that the Empire was just like, all right, we got to stop this shit once and for all. Well, let's just bring that thing down there. So we get the, you know, Jin and Cassie, and they're walking through the streets of Jetta, and they run into two guys that we've seen before in this franchise. Two guys that uh, didn't like Luke Skywalker very much in the cantina back on Tatooine. Really, we're running into the. It's not even the same planet. This piss. This was one of those things. Where was like, why? We didn't need this. This was dumb. <laughs> they're not even on the same planet. Like these dudes just have that much money. Like they're throwing around that they're gonna be able to travel on all these damn planets. And how did they get off of Jetta? I was just about ready to say the same thing. I'm just like, well, somehow they managed this to get off. Planet gets fucking destroyed, <laughs> right? At least the city does. Like where were they got off? All right, whatever. But yeah, they get uh, they're the ones that mess with Luke in episode four at the cantina and Obi-Wan cuts off one of their the, I think it was the goofy dude who looked like he had a elephant titus on his face. Got an arm cut off. <laughs> this was what I think I think people most people saw this scene was just like that wasn't necessary. Uh then Jin runs into uh Chur is it Churit or Churut? Yeah, I don't even Chirrut. Yeah. played by Donnie Yen. He's the protector of the will. Pretty much what he was, was he was a 
he was like a guard or a protector of the te- like the Jedi temples on mm-hmm. on Jeddah. But now that there's no Jedi, he's because they kind of are, you know they don't do anything. They'll try to cause problems, Look. I guess, according to uh, Cassian. But they talk. He's not like an actual like force user, though, no. is he? No, I didn't think so. I mean, he believes in the force, as you can tell throughout right. this entire movie and the you know all right. his little things. But uh, I don't. Some of like when you watch this movie, though, I feel like he is protected by the force in some way. Yeah. He, but he's he, not a force user. He makes um, he uses the same line over like multiple times. He's he's like, I'm one with the force, and the force is with me. And there's actually a lot of callbacks to that in other areas. You just never see it in the in the movies. Mm-hmm. But it's it's uh if I remember right, it's it's an actual like saying that they teach Padawans, you know, when they're young to try to help them learn how to control the force. Yeah. And it's just I, I, I remember when I when I heard him mutter that and I was just like, Hey, there's there's some extended lore right there coming coming through. But he asks Jin about her necklace, so maybe he knows about the Force, like, has grown. I mean, oh, yeah. He's well, the he pro- definitely he's, knows about the Force because he is. He's the protector, but maybe he was trying to. Yeah, maybe. And also the poss- Force. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Maybe trying to possibly be like, hey, I can do this, too. They can do this. Maybe I can do it, too, if I believe enough. Right. I'm not. E- I'm not even 100% sure, but I think there might even be a thing at the very end before he dies that you see you see him maybe like use the force just a little little bit. I can't remember. I, to be it honest, seems, I feel like, like that's pr- right. I feel like there's a possibility he uses the force throughout the movie because for one, he's blind. Right. And he's pulling off some daredevil type shit. You're right. To be honest, I feel ass. the force is helping him in his fighting abilities. Yeah. And uh, also Donnie Yen uh, mm-hmm. does not have a stuntman. Like that's all him like throughout this. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. All of his fights. Yeah, his, his dad was a martial arts expert and a musician. Mm-hmm. So he probably has done this all his life. Yeah. Donnie Yen for he, uh, I mean, he's been acting for a very long time and he's most well known, I think for the Ip Man series. Mm-hmm. Which is like about the guy who I guess taught Bruce Lee martial arts. Yes, so, and every yeah he does his all his own stuff. He's like Jackie Chan does all his own stunts. Yeah, and he's just a badass. <clears throat> More power to it. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be the villain in the new John Wick movie. Ooh, saw that. So Storm, we then see like a garrison of stormtroopers going down the streets of Jeddah, and a bunch of rebels ambush it you know, setting up, you know, throwing grenades and blowing things up. And you find out it's because the 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 reason the Empire is here is because of all the kyber crystals that are on this planet. And uh so the kyber so for anyone who doesn't know, the kyber crystal is what is used to get the laser, you know, from a lightsaber. You know, that's what, you know, the color and all that stuff. That's how it gets to work pretty much. And uh, it's probably worth a lot, you know, now that the Jedi Order is done um, and they want to kind of eliminate anything that had to do with the Jedi. So maybe the Empire is just trying to get rid of it all to kind of make sure that no one does anything 
that'll be bad for them in the future. Weren't they mining it to use it for the laser? That's on the Death right. Star? Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. You're they were right. using that. Is. And then That's why they were doing it. Yep. And then they, uh, they do it again on, uh, in the sequel trilogy on that planet, uh, star killer base that yeah, used yeah, to be yeah. the planet Ilum, which was actually the one planet that you see in the clone wars episodes where it, it's where they take all the Jedi like younglings to actually get the, like their Kyber crystals. Uh, yeah. The, the Kyber crystals actually play a, a much deeper story than, than just, just the lightsabers. I mean, basically it's the greatest tool and the worst tool in the whole, in the whole series. Yeah. Yeah, I completely forgot that that's what they said that they were that it, the the laser for the Death Star was the kyber crystals were being used for that. Kind of poetic really when you think about it. It's like right? the, the Jedi used it for so many millennia to protect everybody and then the the empire just turns around and is just like, "Hey, you know those things that those Jedi used to use to save you guys? Well, we got it. We're making it really big and it's going to blow. And then they use it to blow up the planet on top of that. It's just like, yep. okay. I just, I just want to say the Jedi order fucking sucks. <laughs> Sorry to say. Um, yeah, an ATST shows up. That causes some problems. And then you see Jin just beating the shit out of a bunch of stormtroopers by herself. And then she shoots a, K, a K2 droid and <laughs> K2SO is in the bag. He's like, did you even know that wasn't me? And she's <laughs> like, of course I did. Sure. So, <laughs> so yeah. great. Because uh, you could see like the shock on her face when she shoots it. She's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then he's just standing there behind her. That's so funny. But uh, Chirrut fucks up everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all I can think about now. <laughs> I'm a fire my laser. <laughs> Oh god damn. That's uh, all I can think of now. Chiru fucks up everyone. He's just such a badass. And yeah, he's got the line where he says, I am one with the force, and the force is one with me. And after that, Saw's men take them. And I love when they're putting the they're putting the things over everybody and they put it over Chirrut. And he's like, Are you kidding me? I'm blind. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, was yeah. that necessary? Oh, so good. So the Star Destroyer leaves Jetta. And people are like, hmm, that seems suspicious. I wonder why they're doing that. Uh, Jin meets with Saw, and that's and Saw shows her the message from her father, you know, talking about the fact that, you know, he built, he made sure to purposely build like a flaw in the Death Star, and you need to get the plans and, you know, be able to, it, it, there's a way to stop this all from happening. We need to destroy this weapon because, it's not good. Even though I feel Star Killer is even worse. Remember, yeah. remember episode? Yeah, that that was crazy. I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, she meets with him. You know, and then everybody else is in the jail. You know, talking to each other, and Cassian's trying to get out. And that's when we then go back up to the to the Death Star for the test. And it's like, yeah, just. Blow up Jetta. Yeah, like, huh. That doesn't seem like a smart idea. Nah, it's a good test. And I remember seeing this originally going, man, this seems really anticlimactic compared to 
you know, just the planet blowing up in episode four when, when they're like, right. all right, Alderaan, you're done. And it's just like, <laughs> where this one, it's like, but then you notice, it's like, but then if you keep watching, you know, you watch it over and over again, Tarkin only has it at a certain power. He tells him, like, right. to only shoot, you know, he just wants the city destroyed. He doesn't want the right. whole planet. And so, yeah, you get this really cool effect where it's, sh- you know, you see it, you know, shoot off and it lands and then it's just, it's very quiet. And then you just see kind of everything slowly coming in waves. And, you know, Jin is, you know, kind of emotional after seeing the message from her father. And, but then everything is shaking. And I'm like, what is going on here? And that's when K2 is like, yeah, we got to go. Because uh, there's no horizon out here. <laughs> they're like, okay. And Saw's like, go. I can't can't go because I'm like a half a, I'm a half a robot. Like this man's got robotic legs. He's got like this thing. I don't know if he's getting high off it or if this thing just keeps him alive. But he's got that freaking oxygen thing. Like, and then he looks really intensely into the camera. <gasps> and then he fucking. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> Force Whitaker, you're going really hard on this role. but yeah he dies and they it's a cool escape off of the planet and yeah Jetta city is destroyed and then tarkin it's like good job krennic you did great i'm gonna take it from here though and krennic's like it's just my job i did this all by myself it's mine and then he like storms off (laughs) i was like the thing about Krennic is he's just a big baby. He's just yeah. a big baby who doesn't get what he wants because it's you like know, you work for the Empire. You know you're going to get fucked by somebody higher than you. <laughs> you know, the no. funny part is is uh, his, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, he, he plays, of course, the bad guy in Ready Player One as well. Yeah, and the funny and the funny thing I I noticed was when when Ready Player One came out after this was his his bad his character is the exact same guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the exact same He's guy. Very good it's, at playing a whiny, just is. a whiny guy. Just it is. Yeah. It's the exact same guy. It's like the guy that should be the top, but he's not really the top, and he's never in really really in control. Yeah. And it's just I I had to laugh. I was just like because when I first saw him, I didn't even remember where I saw him from. And I was just yeah. like, I was like, man, why does this seem so familiar? And then all of a sudden I had to go look him up on IMDb and I was like, oh, that's why. Because uh, he's like playing him. the I, same dude. <laughs> I think I think he's awesome. I think he plays he's a, good, a very he's a good, good villain, even if he is very, very whiny. You know, it, we've it's seen these good villains character. before, but he, he does a good job of it. Uh, he's but, the youngest family member I, I bet. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> But uh, Tarkin tells him, hey, you need to go to Edu because that's where Galen is stationed. That's where he does like all the work uh, because the defected pilot came from Edu and came from Galen Urso's team. So you might want to go talk to him because uh, I'm smelling something fishy and it's not the fish you want to eat. So Bodhi talks about his time with Galen while they're flying away. And they go on to Edu, which is just like the worst. It's just stormy all the time. And it's, it's yeah, horrendous. And Bodhi is trying to help land the, the, the ship, and the ship ends up crashing. And the Alliance 
finding out about what's going on goes, well, let's go. We got to send our, we got to send the squadron out to Edu to help Bodhi and Cassian. They go on their own to go find Galen. They need to find where he's located, but secretly Cassian is supposed to go out there to kill Galen and then end the mission. But Jin decides to follow along, even though they don't know that she's there because she's got to go find her father first because she has that like inkling, you know, she feels that something's not, you know, going the way that she was told. So the blind, um, what's his name? Uh, Chirrut and Boz. Boz is the dude with the big gun who's friends with Chirrut, who's like his protector, I guess. They follow along as well. So everybody's just like, everybody's supposed to stay at the at the ship, but everybody ends up going. And you're like, okay, <laughs> this isn't going to end well. Krennic lands on the planet, meets with Galen, and of course, the Empire sucks. So he's like, well, somebody is a spy and somebody is feeding information to the rebels, and I'm going to find out who it is. So he lines up all of Galen's scientists in a row and was just going to kill them all. Until Galen came forward and said it was me. Like, well, Galen, you are a pretty good guy standing up for all these people because that's a lot of fucking people just mow down just for one person. You're like, okay. They still kill everybody involved, even after Galen comes out to say that he is the spy. And he's like, well, fuck it. You made me look like an idiot. So he kills all of his scientists. And then the rebels show up and kind of set off an explosion. They blow up a uh, Krennic ship, I think, right? Or they blow yeah, up something right in front of Galen and Galen kind of gets hit and he's dying. Jin meets up with him. They have the their, their long lost meeting. They haven't seen each other since she was a kid. And Papa, it's me. Papa. <laughs> Papa. And yeah, and her name is Stardust. Yes. And yeah, they have this conversation, you know, it's sad because he's going to die. And then of course it, and, and it even makes it worse when he's just like, I have so many things to tell you, and then he dies, and you're like, why, why, would you, "Why would you say that? It's terrible." And this is where this is that moment where she is, she is heartbroken. You know, she's kind of in shock, and she doesn't want to leave him. You know, of course, Cassian comes and is like, "We gotta go, we gotta go." And it's like, "No, I can't leave him." He's like, "He's gone." He did. Yeah. You're like, "But I need the body." And then you just think, as the base is blowing up, it's like his body's just getting blown up in the smithereens. It's a terrible thing to think about. So, yeah, they escape the planet again. And then her and Cassian get into kind of like a confrontation. Like, hey, you were you were going there to kill my dad. And he was like, well, yeah, I was. But I didn't because I changed my mind. So why are we fighting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we then get Krennic going to a very hot volcanic planet called Mustafar, home to Darth Vader. And you get to see him in the back to tank and you don't get to see his face. So it's like, it's, you know, it's not Hayden Christensen. So I guess it's fine. We don't get to, we, we don't see his face without the suit on. But of course, like somebody comes in to tell him that Krennic is here. And then we get Krennic kind of just hanging out and then you get the really cool entrance of Darth Vader and you're like, hmm, God, I've missed this so much. <laughs> this was child. This was child Parker just watching this movie. I love this movie so much. Daddy. <laughs> so great. So, yeah, he uh, Vader tells Krennic he's got to fix whatever problem Urso caused because he knows that there's something wrong with like that Urso f- purposely fucked something up on the Death Star and Krennic needs to figure out what it is. 
So he needs to go to Scarif, which is where the plans are, to kind of figure this out. And, you know, of course, this is just kind of Krennic going there to be a whine-ass to kind of make sure he's still in charge of the Death Star project. He's pretty much going behind Tarkin's back to just be a whiny little bitch. And then, you know, after Vader tells him all this stuff, Vader walks away and he's like, oh, so I'm, you know, I'm still leading that project. And that's when you get the, like he does the force, yep. the force choke. And then you get the line, make sure not to choke on your aspirations. And I went, oh my God, yeah. Vader with the quips. <laughs> so good. Just a good Vader line. I love this. I don't care. People can hate me and say it's the worst. I don't give a shit. It's so good. And Vader looks good too. I really oh, wish, yeah. though, it, initially, though, I really wish Darth Vader wasn't in that suit. I really wish they kind of did like a redesign on him to make because I just I feel like he's even when he looks cool and he's doing thing. I'm like, there's no way this man was doing like flips and shit as Darth Vader and doing these crazy ass shit when that suit is so cumbersome. Oh, but he's got he horse. But the Empire's got all this money and resources. Come up with a better suit. Oh, uh, whatever. I'm not gonna bitch too much. He's more he's more robot than man now. That's true. You just become like uh <laughs> Oh fuck, why am I blanking? This is the fucking one with the forearms. General oh, Grievous? Grievous? Yeah. Yes. Darth Vader. <laughs> just fucking six lightsabers. <laughs> we'll mess with Vader. Like, so... How did he not cut his a limb off? Like, how can you control all of those? Seriously. <laughs> right? I don't I don't know. He was spinning those things so fast like a helicopter you couldn't even see the lightsaber anymore. It was just I would have ring. cut at least two off. <laughs> so an alliance meeting takes place to see what to do next. And Jin's like, well, why don't we send the best people to Scarif to then to get the plans and then we can stop this. And everybody's like Sounds like a terrible idea. And Mon Mothma's like, yeah, well, we don't have full support of the council, so we're not doing it. Like, you left the Senate for this, and you're just doing the same shit the Senate's doing. Cool, Mon Mothma. Cool. So she goes out, and of course, um, you get, you know, all the, the whole group that she's been with is kind of like, hey, we want to fight, you know? We want to join in. And then Cassian just becomes a nice guy. He's like, I got all these people. Let's do this. They're like, all right. Or it's, it's going to be unsanctioned. So here we go. So they steal a, is it a, it's, I think it's an empire ship, right? It's an imperial ship that they had taken because they, yeah. that was the only way they were going to be able to get on Scarif without being detected. And of course you get the whole thing where they're trying to leave and they're like, that's an unsanctioned, you know, ship. You know, you can't you can't take it. It's like, what's your call sign? And Bodhi's like, oh. Say something. Say something. Uh, Rogue. Rogue One. You're like, there it is, everybody. There it is. <laughs> I said the name of the movie, guys. <laughs> it's like, what's your name? Han. And I go solo. So solo. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> Why? <laughs> this one wasn't as bad, though. <laughs> That other one's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bail Organa 
talks to Mon Mothma about, I guess, Obi-Wan at some point, right? Is that what he mentions? He's like, I, you know, a friend of mine who fought in the Clone Wars with me, he's been away for a while, but I bet you if I called him, he would come. Is he talking about Obi-Wan or is he uh, talking about Leia? Because isn't Leia his daughter? Well, I thought yeah. he said she. He does, though. That's what's confusing because technically there's nothing indicating she's a Jedi, for one. You don't find that out until episode fucking nine when they talk about that shit, when they talk about her training with Luke to become a Jedi. Yeah, so like, you got a point. Who is she talking about? Because that's who I assumed. I, I think, you know, I guess that was something I looked over and now I got to go almost go back. I got to look at it. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. So the team gets cleared. Uh, to go through, they they get to like, so to in order to get to Scarif or onto the planet itself, you have to go through. There's a whole laser shield around the planet, and they have to get through this barrier, and they have to check get like checked first, and they end up passing the check, being able to cross through the barrier and get onto Scarif. They need to get to the Citadel because that is where all the like documents and plans and all that are are stored. And then, you know, well, at first they were just going to take them and go back, but it, it doesn't uh, turn out to happen that way. And then, of course, we got to get the uh, pre-battle speech, which Jin gives. Don't know what she says other than hoorah, hoorah, let's go team. And then they do a thing in the middle with their hands. And then go team. Go. And then they get inspected and they all hide in the fucking the bottom of the ship. And it's like, they, the, the, they didn't do a very good inspection if they're all down there like what they didn't know this hatch existed come on guys we gotta go <laughs> they can't see that oh lord so yeah the ship gets inspected they don't find anything Krennic goes to Scarif and then uh, after the inspection is over the team is sent out you got Cassian and Jin there uh, and K2SO are being sent to go retrieve the plans and then everybody else is going to kind of cause distractions and ways to get off of the planet and none of it goes to plan at all. So the other team goes and lays a bunch of mines around to kind of distract. Like it's pretty much to pull everybody from the base out to what's going on so that Jin and Cassian have an easier way of, of, of accessing the plans from the vault. So you also get an unnecessary line where when they're about to ex get into the building, K2SO goes, I have a bad feeling about, and then he gets cut off and then, and then he's like, what? And I was like, we didn't need that because yeah. he is never involved with the character who says this line. The only person who's ever allowed to say that fucking line is Han Solo. Why is this droid? saying this line stop it's, it this is the shit cool. that annoys people all right this stuff oh to, we also to, didn't to, mention the c3po r2d2 cameo as they're flying away because we needed that to uh to defend k2 just a little bit it's actually said i think in every i think it's said in every star wars okay. movie han solo is the first one to say it and uh i don't care He's the only one that gets to say it, right? The only one who gets to say it. Yeah. yeah well, it's, it's just one of those things like we need to put it in every Star Wars thing. And you're like, you really sure. don't, though. 
I don't think sure. when like if I w- go to watch a Star Wars movie and they don't say the line, I don't think like in my review I'm gonna be like they didn't say this line and it it puts it down a peg for me because it's <laughs> unnecessary. But I I digress. I'm pretty sure I've read that though that they they have said that in Probably. almost you're, every single one. I, I think it is. It's just one of those things. So yeah, so Krennic demands a station wide inspection. I love the the guy who's just like. The whole thing? He's like, yep, you better get started. And I was like, oh, no, that guy's going to quit. <laughs> He's like, oh, this job. Oh, I hate this so much. I got to pay my bills. <laughs> no. So then all the mines get blown. Uh, they, they get ignited. Chaos rains down. Krennic, I love when Krennic sees all the explosion. He turns around and everybody's just staring. And he's just like, Is somebody going to do something. Set out the kerosene. What are we doing? Why are we standing around? And uh, yeah, uh, Tarkin gets alerted of the incursion. And then, of course, you get the line of he has to go let uh, Lord Vader know. They get the vault open and then it just cuts back to outside. I don't like how like little things happen with one character. Then they got to cut to another character. And then it's like a huge long scene. And then they cut back to another character and it's only like 30 seconds of whatever's happening with them. And then it cuts back and you're like, can we just focus on one person for a significant amount of time? And then we could kind of feedback. Like if the, let's we'll say the characters are communicating with each other or they're like, what's going on out there. And then it cuts to them doing that. I don't like when it's like, all right guys, the vault's open. Cut to another thing. It's like, okay, cool. So we then get the, we get to see ATATs, and these are probably one of the worst designed like things ever in Star Wars ever. They are the biggest lumbering, slowest things ever created. And for some reason they cause so much destruction. I mean, I understand the ones that have like the, the they're like hollowed out so they can like transport stuff. The other ones are just, I feel like they're just like, who designed this? They seem so bad. They use them. They do. I mean, they're pretty, uh, they cause a lot of destruction. They're pretty scary. But it is a cool scene where it comes out of like the, the smoke and it mm-hmm. starts shooting down on them. And but the rebels show up. So the rebels some of the rebel fighters were able to come through the shield before the shield closes. And of course, you know, you get the casualties of the dude like about to like, ooh, go up, go up. He's like, I can make it. <laughs> you ever seen a bug's life? <laughs> yes. you know the bugs like I can't help it I can't, help, I can't it. help it it's so beautiful <laughs> that's that's that it's guy exactly that. I can make it <laughs> I love it I still quote that from time to time oh, I love it so much fun K2 gets a weapon because he's got to stand guard at the station there as Jin and Cassian go into the vault and uh yeah is, is a, it's a cool moment because it's like, you know, this is the last time they're ever going to see him. And this is kind of the final time that he kind of, he, it's like the nicest thing he ever says to Jin. I don't remember exactly what he says to her, but I was like, oh, this is nice. Because I like the other line before they even leave uh, Yavin. Where he's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm starting to like you. Cassian, Cassian told me. <laughs> I had to say that. <laughs> or something like that. So the shield, yeah, so the shield gets closed. The ATAT 
you get a, a a scene where it looks like it's about to take out a bunch of the the rebels, and then the the X fighters or the uh, X wings start coming in and start taking out the ATATs, which is cool. Like you get the whole head blowing up, and then you get some mm-hmm. freaking like frog or like this alien freaking dude who's like croaking as he's like shooting a laser gun. I was like, oh, 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 oh. like I, was, I don't remember what the note. I was like, what the hell? He like takes out the leg of one. Pretty cool. And then, but then you find out that Bodhi, because they shut the, they shut the gate. They can't communicate with any of the rebels above it. So Bodhi has to kind of like hardwire himself in to be able to, con- uh, to communicate with that. That takes so long for him to do that. So he's got to take a fucking, it looks like it, you know, was like 200 years old. He's got to like link it up to this thing. He's got to take like 60. Of course, he starts, he connects it and then it's too short. He like gets caught because he's trying to wrap it around something. And then he gets confronted by stormtroopers. And then, but then they get distracted and he's able to get in there and do what he's got to do. We finally, the, <laughs> the Imperials are just like, oh, maybe we should let some of these tie fighters go we have about 75 of them in this this hangar let's use them we've only been getting attacked for like 25 minutes already but let's use our ships yeah and who doesn't love the sound of a tie fighter right it's one of the coolest sounds in star wars ever yep so yeah you get Jin and cassie in there in the vaults they're trying to find you know what the plans would be called and they find stardust and you know, Cassie's like, well, how do you know that? It, you know, that's what it is. And he's like, well, because that's me. Because it's her nickname from her father. And then you get the most tragic death of this entire movie where K2 is just, he is trying to, you know, get rid of all the stormtroopers that are coming through. It's just too many. And he gets taken out. And then that's where he says, you got to climb because the power goes out for a second, which then fucks everything up. Because they got to use like this really cool game i want to can we get one of these at like right. a dave and busters so i can get like a prize right or something? yeah it's really cool but the power goes out it fucks with it so they got to actually go out there and and climb and that's when k2 like sacrifices himself he smashes the panel to lock them into the vault and then he dies and it's sad it's very sad so yeah they have to climb to get the plans which is terrifying it's oh everything is always in such a chasm it's like, boy, this must have been terrifying to build. I wonder who these builders are because they're just like they must have <laughs> no fear. Architecture's weird in the future. Yeah, yeah. so many for a long time ago. So many pits. <laughs> but Bodhi finally gets the comms working, and he is so happy. But unfortunately, oh wait, never mind. That's not for a little bit later. Uh, Jim, uh, Jin gets the plans as Krennic intercepts. She, uh, she, and thank God she clipped it to her belt because she would have dropped it. But at first you think she drops it, but she actually grabbed another one as well. So that one falls, but she's got it. Straps it to her belt. But unfortunately, Krennic inter- uh, intercepts and he kind of knocks out Cassian and Cassian should have been dead. Should have at least had a broken back because he smokes mm-hmm. his back on two giant beams and then falls mm-hmm. probably another 20 feet onto this oh, platform. Yeah. yeah. He is not getting up, but he, he's feeling not good. No, <laughs> he's he's a little he's got a little problem going on. 
I mean, he can fall that far and feel perfectly fine. I can spend eight hours um, hanging tags at work and feel like I'm dying. The first one, the first one <laughs> broke his back. The next one popped it back into place. Yes. He's like, oh it's- no, yay. Oh no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why you have to be three? It's just what? a flesh wound. Oh, number. Oh, Lord. So <laughs> they're told that they need to, in order for the comms to work, they need to hit a master switch. Now you get the one guy who's like, I'll do it. And he just goes, as he's, as like 15 troopers are shooting in their direction, he's like, I'll go. And it immediately dies. And you're like, probably should have looked before you just ran out there like a psychopath. But all right. And I then, mean, you got to look look ways before you cross the street. He right. just did not learn that no, part. He just went out there. <laughs> and Cheru decides he's going to try because he, you know, he's got the force. The force is around him. So he, of course, chants his, I'm one with the force. The force is one with me at the entire time that he's walking out into, a, you know, blaster bullets are going by him. None of them are hitting him. And he gets to the panel. He turns it on. And then he's coming back and someone shoots the panel, shoots the thing and it blows up. And that's what ends up killing him, which is a, it's a sad moment, you know, when Boz comes over and tries to, you know, be with him and. Cause Baz tells him to run. Yeah. And that's when the thing blows up behind him. And he just, he's just like, I got this. Yeah. So of course, which, uh, Sharut dying. Boz is pissed. But before we get to that, we get more space battle. Just shooting. And there's people who are just shooting at that shield and they're like, it's not working. No shit. What do you think we're trying to do? We're trying to get it to open up, dumbass. Stop wasting your time. You get Red and Gold Leader back from the original trilogy. And then again, more characters that they had to use this weird facial thing where they had to use the like CG their, fa- you know, the original mm-hmm. actors' faces onto other actors. Be like, hey guys, remember Red and Gold Leader? They're back. And you're like, that's cool. So, I mean, that's really cool. So fun fact about that little thing in there. That wasn't even going to be like a part of the movie. When they, when uh, there was a couple of producers, they were rummaging through uh, like whatever you want to call it, like a warehouse that had a bunch of like old film tins and stuff in it from like the old Star Wars movies. They came across some unused footage in a film tin that was from episode four that had red and gold leader in it. And they actually took that and they put it in, in the movie and then they had to digitize it and make it so that it worked. So like, but yeah, yeah, but that, so it's actually kind of neat because that, that, section is actually a piece from episode four that never got used until then until then obviously but it wasn't originally meant for that yeah well yeah disney magic disney magic magic is the best magic so yeah so we get more space battle we get uh a couple of these rebel ships have like emps that shut the power off of one of the star destroyers which then causes it to kind of dip and you're like, oh shit, it's gonna hit that other star destroyer. And they're like, we gotta send in the hammerheads. And you're like, what the fuck is a hammerhead? <laughs> and then Bodhi is able to communicate with Admiral Radis up on the top. And right after he's done talking to him, he did. Boom. Mm-hmm. He blows up. Yeah. 
Uh, Boz fights his way through troopers until he can't anymore. He just goes through. He's just taking out as many as he can. He's pretty much sacrificing himself. And then he ends up blowing like somebody. One of the guys drops a uh, grenade and he shoots the grenade and it, you know, he's gone now. Jin makes it through a door that always opens and shuts and it's terrifying. I'm like, why is that? Why does this exist? It just yes. constantly opens and shuts. And when she goes through it, I was like, man, that door stayed open a little longer than it was before. But I, you know, can't kill yes. her that way. That would be a really lame ending. Plot armor. Mm. I love that plot armor. She's got a thick. <laughs> we see the hammerhead ships. They show up and their job is to literally ram into the side of the Star Destroyer to push it mm-hmm. into the other Star Destroyer which then causes the both Star Destroyers to crash into the shield, destroying the shield, because what they need to do is get the plans up to this. So Jin gets up to the top of the Citadel. She she puts the plans into like a computer that will is supposed to send it up, but the satellite needs to be aligned. So she's got to go to the end of this, this, this pier here to fix the satellite, get it aligned, and then a TIE fighter's like, hey, you're not supposed to be there. Start shooting at her. Whoa, the fuck, man? And then uh, this is when Krennic shows up. And to be honest, this is kind of a lame ending for Krennic. Like, there really was no fight with him. It was kind of like yeah. they had their words, like, who are you? And she's like, you know who I am. I'm Jin Erso, daughter of Galen Erso. And his revenge, you know, all this stuff. And you think it's going to be a like a fight. And then Cassian just shoots him. And you're like, all right, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and you and I. To be honest, when I even recently watching, I was like, "Was there more? Was there supposed to be more that happened after that?" But nope, nope. He just he gets knocked out. They get the plan sent up, and of course, Radis is like, "We got the plans. We're getting a transmission. It's a trap." No, sorry, wrong one. Um, no, wrong <laughs> one. That's all I can think of during that's the whole, whole scene with them. Is like. Don't do it. It's a trap. Another thing it's that was hilarious. terrible about those sequel, the sequel trilogies, they killed fucking Akbar, and I was like, "You fucking pieces!" Of shit. Love Admiral Akbar. It's the best. Yeah. So yeah, so she sends out the plans. The Death Star shows up because I guess this bitch can go through hyperspace, and you're like, "Wow, that must be a lot of power." Where are you getting all that? Because that ain't—that's a literal planet. It's a literal planet. Yeah. And uh, you get the whole thing where Tarkin is like, we're going to destroy, you know, we're going to destroy the planet. It's the only way we're going to stop the plans from getting released. And uh, it's kind of ironic for Krennic because he looks up and he sees the Death Star. He knows what's going to happen. And he is pretty much going to witness the weapon he helped get made, kill him ultimately. And Tarkin gives zero fucks about it. Yeah. You get the whole thing. It's like, well, who's going to take care of all these? Those are all rebel ships. It's like, oh, don't worry. Vader will take care of that. <laughs> you're like, oh, shit. Can't wait to see how that looks like. Yep. So pretty much everybody knows they're going to die. Like Jin and Cassian know they're going to die. So they go down to the beach. And, you know, you see. And it's crazy because, like, when they shoot it off, the laser from the Death Star, it doesn't look that like it's going to cause a lot of damage. Like it's like whoop, little little thing in the sand. And then it just grows. And you're like, okay. But Cassian and 
Jin kind of embrace before the wave of fire hits them. And this is where the movie should have ended. Yes. It should have. I mean, I, f- I feel a lot of people would agree with me. This would, this is where it should have ended, but you know what? For me, what comes next is what I've wanted for so long. Right. I've wanted for so long and I don't care. I just don't care what people think. The scene's so fucking great. So Vader, well, actually, we see some rebels, uh, the, the rebels from the first, from episode four, the ones with the goofy ass helmets. I'm like, these guys are dressed terribly. Who who comes up with these uniform designs? They're awful. Yes. They're like, I've we said have that them. multiple times. Yeah, it's, it, they're terrible. <laughs> we got the, we got this, uh, we got the plans. We got what we need. So they need to bring it. And of course, it's got to be super dramatic. Like the guy's running. He gets to the door. The door doesn't open all the way. And he's like, uh, uh, and then it's like, you can just hear the breathing at the end of the hall. And you're like, oh, 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 oh shit. And then the fucking lightsaber. And you're just like, oh, my God. And then he just starts fucking murking them all. He uses his force choke, fucking throws one dude to the ceiling, slices him while he's still on the ceiling. He's just chopping everybody up, doing cool things. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, I almost cried watching this. The hallway scene is the pinnacle. I'm sorry. So unnecessary, but so fucking great. And I don't care. I just don't care. It's so great. Oh, and of great. course, you get the last second, like the guy hands it off because he can't get through the door. So he hands off the plans just as Vader stabs the dude. And uh, they get through and Vader does his thing. And then, of course, um, they get on another ship that departs. And I was waiting for Vader to get to the edge and use to try to fucking force him back. But he never does. You just get the, the cool like him just standing there with his lightsaber. And you're like, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. This scene was filmed after the movie was done. Like they, this, it, it didn't need to be done, but it did. And I don't care. I love it. So much. And this, and then it just continues. Cause then they get to another ship and this is when they give the plans to Leia and she looks terrible. And they're like, what does this mean? They're like hope and you're like, Okay, this didn't need to be here, but okay. We <laughs> got it. it. What does it mean? Hope. And that's it. That is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. What a fun one. I it was. love this movie. I've seen this movie so much. I think out of I mean, I've seen I've seen the original trilogy a lot in my life. But this is creeping up as a Star Wars movie that I probably watch yearly. Uh, it's just, it's so good. It's just so good. And, you know, even with those ham-fisted, nostalgia-baited scenes that they put in there, all this stuff, like, eh, I'm just a sucker for it. I'm one of those people who just doesn't care. It was fun. The Vader scene, again, did not need to be in the movie, but it was, and I love it. And I love uh, it's there. And I know a lot I don't of people care. don't like that it's there. But it, Yeah, I I don't I don't care that that is pinnacle Star Wars right there. Just yeah. Vader being the most badass that he can possibly be. It's freaking amazing. But but and and we're going to have a lot of comments. We got a lot of comments. So many. Uh, Dan movie. wants you to read his from it's in discord. Oh, I thought I he 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 commented on Twitter. Oh, well, he he uh, commented in discord. He said he wants you to read that one. All right. <laughs> You'll love it. All right. So we Every week, as you know, we always 
uh, post on Twitter what movie we're going to be covering for the week, and we let you all comment on your thoughts about the movie. And we're going to start off with a com a couple comments from our co-host who is not here today. Since he couldn't join us to talk about the movie, we figured we'd get some comments. Oh, boy, I just fucked up my whole Discord, but that's fine. The video will be fine for about two seconds. Uh, so Dan has got two comments. His first one is, my biggest complaint about this movie is the lack of boobs. Give me them Wookiee titties. <laughs> oh, no, we're not going to know what his his porn name is. He didn't <laughs> say anything to me. <laughs> you know, I said that with the straightest face because it's something that I just expect from Dan. <laughs> it is what it is. But his comment, on Twitter, his comment on Twitter, his comment on Twitter is, uh, he said, one of my personal favorite Star Wars films up there with Empire Strikes Back. It actually felt like OG Star Wars, plus not focusing around the Star Skywalkers or Jedi is always welcome. I mean, yes, we get Darth Vader, who is technically a Skywalker, but he's not a prominent character in this movie, even yeah. if people feel he's ham-fisted in there. Uh, but I, I agree, Dan. This is definitely top with, you know, Empire Strikes Back is, I feel, will always be my number one. And I think will always be number one for a lot of people who like Star, who, you know, like Star Wars, because it's just a fantastic movie. But yeah, this one is top three for me. I don't know if I put it at two or three, but it's definitely top three for me. I just, it just, I like the feeling, how different it feels compared to just like, I'm just, thank God the Skywalker saga is over, in my opinion. It just needed to be mm -hmm. over. I love you, Mark Hamill. I love you. But for God's sake, that prequel or that sequel trilogy. Our next comment is from our good friend Darren Lundberg over at Nostalgia Cast. He said, A really good movie when it's not trying to shove empty fan service down our throats. I will take it all for you, Darren. Shove it down mm -hmm. my throat. Yeah, you can make that sexual. I don't care. <laughs> our next one is from <laughs> Bruise with Steph. But I generally, generally like this one genuinely i can't fucking read that's a word it's hard i genuinely like this one and hoped all the other expected anthology movies would follow suit this one felt like the originals whereas solo felt like a letdown not in the same time period it's because of rogue one that i was really hyped to see the andor show yes solo definitely did not do like it did not feel in the same vein as this at all so I agree. Our next one is from Bill Reads Bad Reviews. Make sure to go check out their their podcast at Bill Reads Bad Reviews. Uh, love Rogue One. Hated it the first time I saw it, but once I went back with a more open mind, I really got to experience what sets it apart. Totally one of my faves. Our next one is from Movies for Days. It honestly did not care for it. Disney Star Wars has proven to not be for me. Hey, that's understandable. I know a lot of people just kind of write off the Dis any Disney Star Wars movies, and I get it. It just, they do feel so different compared to even like, like the prequels have their issues, but they still don't feel like Disney, you know? This one, though, to me, did felt the farthest from being a Disney Star Wars of any of the Star Wars movies that have been made since being acquired by Disney. I don't know. Our next one is from Filler Instinct. It might honestly be the best one. This and the opening of the Helter Skelter Last Jedi. 
give us glimpse give us a glimpse into the war of Star Wars. I teared up when they finally restored my favorite character to his former glory. Are you talking about our Lord and Savior, Lord Vader? Because <laughs> I agree. But yeah, the opening scene to Last Jedi, probably one of the best scenes of that entire movie. Our next one is from Blazing Blue Review. Tend to watch a lot of fan edit of it when I do watch it. It's not bad. Really good. Just needed to touch up here and there. See, I don't like that. I I am fine with people doing fan films of movies, but I hate fan edits. Leave that like the movie's made, it's done with. I don't need an alternate version of of that movie unless it's being done by the original filmmaker. I just don't see it. It doesn't need to be done. If you want to make a film fan film, cool. Fan edits, not a fan of that. I just feel like why? It doesn't need to be done. But hey, people like them and good on you. Our next one is from Alonzo Richardson at Alonzo the Artist. One of the best of the movies in the series. I agree. Whoa, Michael Howe's back. You remember Michael Howe, Angela? He left us a comment on a couple of our uh, oh shit, Terminator, oh. Terminator movies. And he yes. left us a long one. I'm not going to read the whole thing yeah. word for word. It's kind of a it's kind of his whole thought process on this movie. His I think first, I missed that one on uh, says, Twitter. It says, I'll try to keep this brief. It's not very brief. <laughs> Rogue One is a good film, but I've never been able to understand the all-out worship this film gets online. It reminds me of all the Jar Jar is a secret Sith Lord BS, where something that sim- seemed simple is rerouted to seem cooler and more epic. All right, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to read this whole thing. I don't care. <clears throat> he said, much like Gareth Edwards' Godzilla film, the lead character is just so bland. Listen, Jin Erso is miles and miles and miles better than that just generic lump of nothing that is Taylor, whatever the fuck that dude's name is, from Godzilla. God, he is just bland. I think he's a great actor, but that character sucks. Uh, well, those around her are much more interesting, and I can I can kind of agree. You guys could agree. Like, do you feel like the characters around Jin are more interesting than Jin herself? Or are you guys like? I feel like Jin was a catalyst to basically the rest of the. I mean, like she was there to kind of like hold stuff together, but really, it's the other characters that make the movie what yeah. it is. I mean, I mean, there's a reason why we got a Cassie and Andor TV show. I I, I mean, it there it, it's because there's there's a character there that people are like, hey, heck yeah, was I cool. like this dude. Yeah. Plus, the first kill we see by Cassian in this film felt like the filmmakers were going, see that? He shot first. I didn't really get that at all. Yeah, but okay. I didn't think about that. Uh, of all the people around Jin, I was more so interested in Bodhi Rook. Much like Finn in The Force Awakens, I wanted to know more about this defector. But alas, it's just shoved in to give the others the access they need. So I feel the difference between Finn and Bodhi is that Bodhi was going to be in one movie and Finn was going to be in three. And they still didn't do Finn uh, justice in that trilogy. And I feel the reason Bodhi got, you know, yeah, they need these characters to be able to complete their mission. And unfortunately, you know, this movie was already almost two and a half hours like You'd have like a three and a half hour movie if you went into full detail on every single side character. The only character that you really need a full description on 
is Jin because she is technically the lead character. So you need to get more of her background because she's connected to this whole thing more than anyone else. And Cassian, you got a show now. So you get to figure out his whole thing based in the show. I agree and I don't agree. I, I hate that they did that to Finn because I thought Finn was a cool character. They just did him. They did a lot of characters in the sequel trilogy in Injustice by not fleshing characters out, not doing anything interesting with them. In one movie, they literally have Finn going to a fucking casino planet to go search for a character that literally does nothing to help build the story. I digress. The extra stuff. I really in, fail. <laughs> I always do, Angela. Do I ever fail? Nope. <laughs> The extra stuff in regards to the Death Star also feels very unneeded. I don't agree with that at all because the whole point of this movie is to get the plans to destroy the Death Star. So why would you not want information about the Death Star in here? Yeah. That, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. You want the stuff about the Death Star in here because that's the point of this movie. But it says guys demanding they receive credit. They're fucking people from the Empire. Of course they're going to do that shit. They're all whiny bitches. If you, Star Wars... Everyone who works for the emp for the Empire, they're all whiny bitches. They are. All they do is whine. Did you see the sequel trilogy? Fucking, what the hell was that dude's name? Uh, oh, what was his? The redheaded guy. The one oh, oh, yeah. You know what I'm, I mean, though. Yeah, I know. He, he, I was, know the, he was the First Order officer who was always so, like, uppity all the time. This is a bit, another whiny bitch. I wanted to punch him in the face. Oh, my God. But, no, that's like, just how the Empire works. I mean, Kylo Ren's even pretty, even pretty whiny in that one. Mm -hmm. Yes. Anakin is a whiny yes. little bitch. Yes. In the prequels. That's what happens when you go to the dark side. You just become, you become a, whiny a whiny little bitch. Whiny bitch. So, that, like, I don't agree with all of all of this statement, Michael. But you know what? No. I appreciate you, you voicing it. Uh, then it says like. All these little tests when the test in, EP, in episode four suffices, let alone finding out that the sink and hyperspace travel. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with finding out all these things that they didn't explain in the original trilogy because, to be honest, that's George Lucas didn't even have that idea. This is kind of the whole point of this universe is being able to take those original stories and kind of branch off of them. George Lucas doesn't give a flying fuck. That man made $4.5 billion on this franchise. Like, yeah, he still cares, but like, I don't think he watched this movie going, I wouldn't have done that. Like he probably, I mean, I don't know. How actually, he said that he actually said that it was probably one of his favorites. There, we which go. is really, which is really saying something when you're the creator of the series and then you sell it off and then Disney goes and does this. And then he's just like, Oh, well, yeah, should have done this it. years ago. Yeah. And he goes yeah. like this and money falls into his hand. Yeah. <laughs> Ka -ching. Ka -ching. I don't think he, does he make any money based off of this now? I'm would, I would be surprised. Whole so I don't think he, he does. gets anything from it. Yeah, I but think he makes something. I think they. I think they hire him on as like a consultant. Yeah. Consultant. Yeah. So I'm sure he. I'm sure he's making money somewhere from it. Probably. And then it says also the idea that the weakness in the station was intentional. Kind of defeats. See, this is this is another one where I I, I don't agree with. He said. It kind of defeats what Lucas seemed to be getting at, that the Empire thought they were building this thing that was going to be unstoppable, that they didn't double-check everything properly. I mean, they didn't. They hired uh, Galen Erso to build this. Yeah. He, yeah. he did this thing. to He built this flaw in the system. They didn't check it correctly, and then it ended up 
fucking them over in the end. So I don't agree with any of that. And then there's Vader. See, I will agree with this, even though I loved it. I will agree with everybody's gripe about the Vader scenes, even though I love them. It says, and then there is Vader. His inclusion just feels too fan servicey. 100%. From Krennic going to him to whine. Krennic's just a bitch. And that end hallway scene. That scene feels like the biggest, to quote Kevin Smith, fan wank in the entire film. And boy, but did I, I fan wank away. I loved it. Exactly. I was going to say, I'm sorry. It, it almost know, made the all, movie for me. We're all just suckers for this shit. People are like, you're the I problem mean, with Hollywood. It's like, listen, I'm a dude who talks about movies in my uh, basement. I have no effect on what fucking Hollywood does. I mean, I'm in my basement too, but I don't even have to physically see Vader. All I have to do is hear the breathing. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like yay. Yep. Let's go. When you you can just play play that sound clip of him breathing and i'm just like oh oh sweet star wars <laughs> <laughs> i whip out my my dark vader lightsaber back there and i'm ready to go. <laughs> I was, I was like i'm so glad you finished that sentence <laughs> i'll whip it out <laughs> oh, i whip yes. out my lightsaber and we Sorry. in the original draft of revenge of the sith vader was quipping as he killed each separatist okay uh, now, if he had done that as he went on his killing spree here, that would have been more entertaining. Uh, he was hell bent on a mission, like hell bent on something that could event, like be catastrophic for the people he worked for. So I don't know if quipping would have been the best thing to do during this situation. Like when he does the whole thing where he force chokes Krennic and then says, you know, make sure you don't choke on your aspirations. Like that was a perfect moment for a quip. But for that scene, I don't think quipping would have been would have been good. But he doesn't have an example. He says, you seem to be in the dark. Let me illuminate you. And I was like, that's actually good. That's a, that's a good <laughs> I would have been okay if he said yeah. that. <laughs> he said, it definitely feels like we didn't need to know how the rebels got the plans. <laughs> Why would the... <laughs> I can't. God. You, What's the point now... of the movie? Yeah. <laughs> What's the point of the movie? Then? Yeah. It's like in Solo where it took Han Solo four days to become Han Solo. Yeah, the way the Han Solo becomes Han Solo is so stupid. But the whole, yeah, you, uh, but but that's the point of the fucking movie is to figure out the plans. I don't know, whatever. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. I I hate to disagree with somebody like See, that, Mike, but it's listen, the whole point of respect, the movie. Michael. Michael, I respect all of your opinions, even though I'm going to disagree with a lot of them. But I appreciate you sharing all your thoughts. He does have one more. Is this to end on? A Ooh, what oh, happened? Shit. I heard that. Uh, my old mic arm just, I guess. I didn't even know it was there. It just fell off my t my desk. Cool. He said to she end on a positive note. <laughs> to end on a positive note, the mechanism to retrieve the plans felt very much like a nod to the machinery THX one one three eight used in this film, and felt obscure enough to not be invasive. And I will confess, seeing Red and Gold Leader again made me smile. It made me smile too, especially when Shoning shared. The fact that it's original footage from episode four, which makes it even yep. more special. They just were rummaging through a warehouse and it's there. They were just like, oh, hey, look at this. Hey, it's, it's super cool. Michael, thank you for your huge analysis of this movie. And even if I didn't agree on a lot of it, I do appreciate you dropping that yes. whole thing. Uh, our next one is from Seismic Cinema. My favorite Star Wars movie. Love the characters and the action. The third act is amazing and the cinematography is outstanding. 
The Andor series makes me appreciate this even more. Love it. Make sure, if you haven't yet, make sure to check out me and Shoning's uh, review of Andor. It's pretty positive, right? It, it, it's too it's hard positive. It. It's we just too hard on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's positive. <laughs> and then uh, the God of Pod, Movie Daft, said it's a masterpiece, a master class. Sorry. Absolutely brilliant movie and so loyal to the original allied six years later now with Andor and it's even better apart from Borg Gullet. Oh, Borg Gullet. Yeah, that seems I so love Borg It was so dumb. It was so it was dumb. gross, but it was, nece- it was not, un- I mean, it was unnecessary, but I think I loved it because it was so out there. We then have Jay Hall at OK Oki Bookcast. Sorry. Uh, it said top three Star Wars film, better than anything from episodes one through three or seven through nine. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had to read that a few times just to make sure he didn't say four through six. I would have been like, no. But no, yes. I did the same thing. I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. And uh, yeah. That's it. That's all the comments. Thank you so much for everyone who left us a comment on this movie. We appreciate all the feedback. We love hearing yeah, other people's opinions on movies. Yes, it was great. Thank you so much. Uh, we I try to post them every Saturday before we do our recordings. Uh, so to, to, you know, I don't want to do them early on. And I always forget because I'm a very forgetful person. Last week, I didn't even read the comments for the movie we covered. I don't even remember if we got any. And I'm a terrible person. But no. Hey, just sometimes that's how it works for my brain. So in my notes, I had to put read Twitter comments. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't forget this time. But that's it, everybody. That is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And that is our final review now until we jump into Christmas time, into the holidays of December, as we will be jumping into, as we did last year, we're going to be jumping into eat a, 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 a Christmas. I'm going to put it in quotation because some of these movies might not be fully Christmas movies, but they are holiday movies that take place around that holiday. And we're going to be starting off with Angela's pick. We're going to be covering the, what year did this come out? 1991? 90? Oh gosh, you want me to remember that? I do. It's your movie. I know, but I, 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 I think it's, remember. I think it might be 90. I could be wrong. Let's see. Oh, look it up. 1990. 1990. See? Get brain on me. We're going to be covering 1990s Edward Scissorhands. Starring Johnny Depp and Wynonna Ryder. I'm very excited because I, I just saw this movie not too long ago. For the first time in years. I was going to say, whoa. No, I've, I've seen this movie. Uh, throughout my childhood, it was... it was a, it, Yeah. Tim Burton's early stuff was always a staple in my household. And Edward Scissorhands might not have been up there with like Batman, Batman Returns, Beetlejuice stuff like that but like it was it had to be at least a yearly watch but yeah we're gonna be covering edward scissorhands next week to start off our christmas time specials and uh i'm very excited because last year's went really well and i just love talking about holiday movies and i can't wait to get to mine just because it's gonna piss somebody off and that is the whole reason i'm doing it but i am not gonna share what movie that is gonna be because we're gonna focus on edward scissorhands next week and dan's gonna be back so excited yeah. and it's just gonna be us three it's gonna be just me 
Angela and Dan, like I feel like it's been a while since it's just been us three. So we've been having all these amazing guests on the show. Shoning, thank you so much for for being on the show and also for hanging out with me twice this week. Because hey, you, my pleasure. You hung out with me to ha- to to talk about Andor, and now you're doing this. And we'll definitely get you back for the next time uh, a space related show or movie releases. Yeah. I love it. I'm I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's uh it's always it's it's been such a blast having all the amazing guests we've had over the last few months and you know I don't think we're going to have any guests uh, come the rest of this year but there's only a few weeks left of the year and then next week or next year in 2023 we're going to be we're going to be going crazy with guests. We're going to be asking them all. I already got people that I've asked like I just got to get some dates set up, some podcasts that have never been on the show. We're definitely going to be bringing back a lot of the podcasts that have been on the show already because you know they're family now. Shoning's going to be back on the show. I mean, we're it's going to be a fucking party in 2023. It's going to be a party. We're going to be getting back to our franchises. We're actually going to jump into a franchise starting in 2023, which is going to be crazy because we don't even know what it's going to be yet. And maybe, just maybe, I'll finally start the fucking Patreon. Can't promise anything because I promised it last year and it didn't happen. But maybe, just maybe, 2023 will be the be the, be the goddamn start of that damn Patreon that just eludes me. Hold your breath. And hopefully, we're going to be also guesting on a lot of other people's shows, so we won't just be here. But maybe you'll be seeing our faces on other shows. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm so fucking excited about everything coming up. But oh, Shoning. Oh, I was almost so rude. Where can people find you? Oh, just anywhere. Just type in at Shoning on any of the platforms. I have pretty much cornered the market on that. So, yeah. All right. Well, all of his links will be down in the description for easy access. You can find Dissect That Film on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Now we're on Hive. Fuck. Because I needed to to do another social media listen i mean it's, really it's there it's there just in there. case you know it's like just we all know it's not gonna happen but it's there just in case you know but you can find us on all those social medias find us on youtube where you can watch the video version of this or you can find the show on any uh of your favorite podcast apps you listen a lot of people listen on apple Podcasts, and you're not giving us any ratings do it shoning did it other people have done I did it. did do it it helps our show it gets more people to listen also if you listen on good pods where I listen you can do the same thing you can actually rate and review individual episodes or the show as a whole or wherever you listen to be honest I don't care wherever you listen if you can rate us please do it it really helps and we appreciate you very much we appreciate everybody who listens to the show we just hit 8,000 downloads on the show which is absolutely insane I don't know if we're gonna hit 10,000 by the end of the year but you know what Fuck it. I don't care. Thank you all so much because I didn't think we were going to get close to this number. But it's all because of you. All of you. I love you all. Appreciate you so much. Angela and all her links are going to be down in the description because I just, she doesn't like doing it, you know? So. (laughs) Way to call me out. Gosh. Is this the first time? Is this our first time here? Only 82 episodes in. You're like, oh, thanks for calling me out. Something I've called you out on before. No. Oh. I made Angela sad. I feel like that Angela. Person. You're so you okay? mean. 
I'm so. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am a terrible person. I just can't remember them. Dan remembers them, and I, know, I can. I and I'm the I one that set them up. I so many things. I don't even share my links anymore because I don't care. The show is more one important day. to me. One day they will all be the same. I promise. One day. All right, everybody. We're going on too much of a tangent here. We love you all. Thank you so much. Until next time, I am Brett Parker. That is Angela of DNA Gaming. And that is Andrew Shoning. This has been the Dissected Film Podcast, episode 82. See you all again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.